Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is The Art of Awesome, episode number 122. At the beginning of the Everyday Hero Manifesto, Nick, there's that golden Buddha metaphor. You know, many years ago in Thailand, there was this golden Buddha and it was like this priceless object that everyone revered. And then it became clear that invaders were going to come into the country. So the monks and all the people who beheld this incredible object, this towering golden Buddha, Buddha made of gold, they said, let's cover it with layer and layer and layer of soil so no one could see it. And they did it. And the invaders came in and they, they just saw a mountain of mud. And then many years later, a monk was walking by and he saw a little glimmer of gold from this mountain of mud. And they started digging layer upon layer. And each layer they moved through, more and more gold started to appear until eventually there was this absolutely priceless golden Buddha. I think that's an incredible metaphor for every human being on the planet today. We were born into genius. We are taught to disbelieve ourselves. We are taught not to play at mastery. We're taught not to be creative. We're taught not to trying to pursue our own personal mountaintop. And that's the value of personal mastery work and the protocols I talk about in the Everyday Hero Manifesto, because you literally start to move through layers every day, steadily. And each time you move through the layers, you remember who you are beyond the ego, which is it, human beings are incredible. We forgot our incredibleness. Hit it. That's what I'm talking about. Wait. Okay, now, from the beginning. Welcome to the Art of Awesome. My name is Nick Troutman, and I'm a professional athlete, entrepreneur, family man, and adventure seeker. My goal is to share with you stories, knowledge, and inspiration as we continue on the journey together, searching for that secret sauce to producing awesome results in everyday life. Thanks for spending some time with me today, and let's get to it. Welcome back, everyone, to the Art of Awesome. I am your host, Nick Troutman, and this is the show where we search for that secret sauce to success and the difference between the average and the awesome. Man, oh man, I am truly excited to share with you the conversation that I just had with a truly awesome individual and a hero of mine. Today, I got to speak with Robin Sharma. He's a respected humanitarian And for over the past 25 years, he's been a legendary leadership and elite performance virtuoso. He has quietly taught business titans, professional sports superstars, and entertainment royalty a revolutionary system that has helped those luminaries translate their highest ambitions into daily results. And it's said by Publisher Weekly, though Sharma rejects the guru label, it's hard not to think of the CEO that way. The Times of India state his following rivals that of the Dalai Lama. Again, I am truly honored to have Robin on the show as we talk today all about his latest book, The Everyday Heroes Manifesto. As Robin states, it's a part memoir of a life richly lived, a part instructional a part instructional manual for virtuoso grade performance, and a part handbook for spiritual freedom in an age of high-velocity change. 
not only is this book a phenomenal book and one that I couldn't recommend any higher, today in our conversation, Robin shares so much of his wisdom, of his years of experience, and insight into how every one of us can be our hero. Um, He shares a story that's both in the book and shares it with us about uncovering the golden Buddha within each one of us. And again, I'm so honored to have him on the show. This is probably the most incredible interview that I've had yet, and I am so excited to share it with you as he shares so much value in this interview and our conversation. So let's wait no longer and jump right into it. Here is Robin Sharma. Well, first off, Robin, thank you so very much for joining me here on The Art of awesome podcast. I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, Love your books and love your work and just honored to have you here. Thanks so much for the invitation, Nick. It's great to be here. Thank you. Well, Robin, you are a globally respected humanitarian and for the past quarter of a century, you have been devoted to helping people realize their own personal gifts. Uh, You're one of the top leadership and personal mastery experts in the world, as well as being an international best-selling author with numerous best-selling books, including a couple of my personal favorites, uh, such as The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari and The 5AM Club. And you've got your own podcast, The Daily Mastery Podcast, and you've recently just come out with your latest book, The Everyday Heroes Manifesto. You call it a part-time memoir of a life richly lived, a part instructional manual for the virtuoso grade performance, and a part handbook for spiritual freedom in the age of high-velocity change. So this is pretty exciting. I just finished this book uh, last week, and, and I kind of just want to start off with, with all the success you've had over the years, everything that you've done, all the people and, and brands that you've worked with. What inspired you during a global pandemic when it seems as if the world is, is kind of falling apart and there's uncertainty everywhere that you decide to come out with a new book? And not just any new book, but something very different uh, from anything that you've done before and, and kind of different from any personal mastery or self-growth book out there. So why, why come up with this new style and why now? I, I think hard, hard times crack the ego and wake us up and they can, they can either terrify us or hard times can actually birth or or bring into play some of our greatest creativity. You know, if you look at a lot of the great painters, it was during the times of greatest suffering that they were so intimate with what was true that they did their masterpieces and their masterworks. And so, you know, look, the world fell apart. Let's say March, 2020, the world fell apart and, and a lot of people haven't recovered and there's great suffering in the world. And I think we're on a much better path right now, but there's incredible volatility. And I usually travel a lot, as you were suggesting, I was essentially grounded and I just, I just felt this great creativity. And I wanted to write a book that would help people reclaim their heroism and their bravery and their sense of aliveness that so many have lost and their sense of, and even help them put their feet on the ground in a world where the ground fell out under, 
from under most of us. So I wrote the book, The Everyday Hero Manifesto, 16 months during the pandemic. Rewrote it probably 21 times, Nick. Put wow. my heart and soul, put my heart and soul in it. And you're right. I think it's it's a very different book. And it's it's definitely not like any book I've ever written. I just like my my hand is my heart is in my hand in, uh, in this book. I've shared so much about my personal life, et cetera. Yeah, you can definitely tell that throughout the book with, with your different stories. And, and it's there's just something about sharing um, kind of that personal life as well, which is, again, different from, from some of your other books out there. And it, I don't know if it brings more authenticity or if it just brings more connection with the reader, but, uh, but I definitely, you could feel that. And, and it's, uh, I don't know, personally, I, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, and you could just tell that there was like what you said, you, you poured your heart into it. Um, in, in the book, you talk about when you were writing your very first book, uh, the monk who sold his Ferrari about how you were rejected many times. Um, and that, that several people pretty much almost like told you to give up on writing. And, and I wanted to ask what kept you going during the rejection and the hard times and, and what advice might you have for people that are kind of going through those hard times or whether it, whether they're trying to kind of, uh, create their works of art and, and feeling that same rejection. It's a great question, Nick. I would say <clears throat> your instinct is so much wiser than your intellect. Right. So why did I continue intellectually? It made no sense. I was a litigation lawyer. I was I had a successful law practice. Here are these heavyweight writers saying to me, don't do it, etc. Some people were saying my work wasn't any good. People were laughing at that book. The monk who sold his Ferrari, you know, who would ever read a book like that? And all I can tell you, the most honest answer is I had an instinct and an inclination to just continue. And that brings up the importance of, there's a line in the book, which is when no one believes in you is when you most need to believe in you. And I think we all have this personal Mount Everest. We all have this mighty mountaintop. We all want to do it and we're afraid and we don't want to be rejected. We don't think the time is right. We don't think we're good enough, but you still have that ambition inside of you. And I think when you honor it, even if it doesn't turn out quite the way you want it to, honoring it and living it and bringing that magic into the world is the best thing you could do for your mind, heart, body, and spirit. Um, I was listening to an interview, and I think it was, it was either um, Bono or Bruce Springsteen walked into Kanye West's living room. And inside the living room is like this you know, 13-foot poster of Kanye West. And the musician said, like, Kanye, like, what is this? You've got this humongous image on yourself in your living room. And Kanye West said, well, you know, if I don't believe in myself, who will? And I think that's a really powerful metaphor. Like, We just, even when the world is laughing at us, we must continue because every visionary was first ridiculed before we were revered. So trust yourself, trust your vision, trust your instinct. That's what I did with the books and it led to a completely new life. That's amazing. I love that. And I think it reminds me, actually, there's a quote, I think Snoop Dogg has something similar where, where he's, uh, he's doing a, a speech and he's saying thanks to everybody. He's like, and most importantly, I'd like to say thanks to myself uh, for believing in myself. And, and I think that's, that's such a huge, you know, point that, that I think too often people forget is that before anybody else 
um, can look at us necessarily as as that mentor or hero that we have to believe in ourselves to even take action in the first place. And and I, I love that you share that with us, um, you know, through this, but also through the book. And it reminds myself personally that no matter, you know, what obstacle, no matter what uh, society or, or what different individuals might say, whether it be ridicule or, or just... Um, a lack of support to to just trust that gut instinct and, and to keep going. So thanks for sharing that story with us. Um, in the book, you mention that a difficult day for the ego is a splendid day for the soul. First off, I love that quote. Um, though, can you explain that concept just a little bit further for us? Well, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of us, good people are being run by our egos. especially in the social media world where we're seeing other people's lives, whether they're true or not, but this imaging of people's lives on social media and we are comparing ourselves and we're saying we're not enough, but we must have that. And that's a a lot of that is ego Um, feeling that you're going to feel better. If you have more money or a bigger house or more social media followers, that's ego. A lot of the everyday hero manifesto is protocols and practices and time-tested and scientifically based ideas on how to actually reconnect with who you truly are. And when, when you start to do that, you become a force of nature and you'd start to live for a cause that's larger than yourself versus the tiny needs of your ego. And so I think, I think that's really important. And, you know, speaking to that Kanye West or the Snoop Dogg video. I watched that the other night recently, and it was it's brilliant. I think it was getting his, his star of his Hollywood star of fame, and he thanked the people in his life, and he thanked his his family, and then he said, you know, "Thanks for myself and all those nights." But I think the question then becomes, how do we get to a place where we do honor ourselves and believe in ourselves? And that's where the practices come in—the daily practices. Get your morning routine right. Write in a journal about the person you want to be during the day. Read from the wisdom literature. Prayer has been very powerful. You know, prayer to be stronger, to be more courageous, to honor your values. Meditation is incredibly powerful. Daily learning is incredibly powerful. So the more we start doing those daily practices, the more we turn down the voice of the ego, which we've been taught, which is the programming and the stories we've been taught to the, by the world. And we start to hear our instinct we start to reconnect with our honor and the bravery and the wisdom and the love that, that actually sits at the core of every human being. At the beginning of the Everyday Hero Manifesto, Nick, there's that golden Buddha metaphor. You know, many years ago in Thailand, there was this golden Buddha and, and it was like this priceless object that everyone revered. And then it became clear that invaders were going to come into the country. So the monks and all the people who beheld this incredible object, this towering golden Buddha, Buddha made of gold, they said, let's cover it with layer and layer and layer of soil so no one could see it. And they did it. And the invaders came in and they, they just saw a mountain of mud. And then many years later, a monk was walking by and he saw a little glimmer of gold from this mountain of mud. And they started digging layer upon layer. And each layer they moved through, more and more of gold started to appear until eventually there was this absolutely priceless golden Buddha. I think that's an incredible metaphor for every human being on the planet today. We were born into genius. We are taught to disbelieve ourselves. We are taught not to play at mastery. We're taught not to be creative. We're taught not to 
trying to pursue our own personal mountaintop. And that's the value of personal mastery work and the protocols I talked about in the Everyday Hero Manifesto, because you literally start to move through layers every day, steadily. And each time you move through the layers, you remember who you are beyond the ego, which is it, human beings are incredible. We forgot our incredibleness. Yeah, I, I, I one, I, I love that story. Um, and two, I couldn't agree more that essentially we were all born perfect. I mean, nobody looks at like a, a, a baby and is like, oh my gosh, this, there's so many things wrong with this baby or whatever. Like each one of us were born that way and then through life, you know, different things, whether it be self-doubt or or whatever, it kind of clouds us. And, and I love how you you simplify the way that we can kind of unpack that and, and, re and remove those layers of mud, like you'd say, and, and re refine that, uh, that golden Buddha that might lie, you know, underneath and, and within every one of us. Something that you mentioned earlier about, um, about our, our morning rituals, which I find, you know, you, you do a phenomenal job with the 5am club about kind of explaining morning, morning rituals. And for me personally, that was, uh, that was, uh, a huge shift in just one having a morning ritual and, and just two the way that I that I set up my mornings. Um, and then you also talk about prayer and and I wonder if if you consider gratitude part of that prayer because um, gratitude for me is something that I have implemented uh, and I try to implement daily in my morning ritual. And for me, I've had you know uh, profound experience through the whole thing. In the book, you also talk about. Um, the concepts behind value chain gratitude. And I was wondering if you could explain that a little bit for our listeners. Sure. So if you go to the research, um, preeminent positive psychologists like Sonia Lubomirsky created a term called deliberate gratitude. And the happiest people in the world, they practice what you practice, Nick, which is deliberate gratitude. You ritualize it. You do it at a certain time. And I found it interesting. I, I had Sonia at one of my live events that I don't do anymore. It was called the Titan Summit. And she said, though, the dosage of gratitude is really important. Her research showed if you actually, I found this fascinating. If you actually practice too much gratitude, it's not as effective as the right dosage of gratitude. Having said that, I, I'm, I do gratitude practice all the time. And in the book, what I talk about is this, this term I, I've coined called value chain gratitude. So you're at a grocery store, silently do a prayer of gratitude for the cashier in front of you and the dignity of their labor. And then do a prayer of gratitude as the food continues down the conveyor belt for the person who stocked it, spent hours of their life, their life energy, stocking that food you're taking home for your family table. Do a prayer of gratitude for the truck driver who drove the truck from the farm. Do, go through, reverse the value chain from the farm to, to the store you're in. Say a prayer of thanks to the farmer who got up early, tilled the soil. So when you start doing that, you get on an airplane, you, you, you say thanks to the captain, you say thanks to this, you, you practice value chain gratitude, you get very granular, and you start to see the world in, in sort of a magical way. Because you realize that the things you take for granted require the, the services and, and the dedication of many, many different people. 
Yeah, and I think when doing that too, you start probably realizing just how much to be grateful for. Like I, I think, you know, people, and we're coming up on Thanksgiving in, in a couple of weeks here in America, and um, and obviously people, you know, we're thankful for the food and, and, and thankful for freedoms and all this stuff. But when you really start thinking about it, there's, it's not just the food, like what you're saying, it's, it's the farmer that brought the food, it's the sunshine that, and the water and the rain that helped the, the, the produce grow. Um, it's the truck driver that drove, you know, whether it be the, whatever food it would be to the store. It's the fact that you have a job and you're able to, you know, accumulate money and wealth to be able to go to the grocery store and buy that. There's just, there's such a, a vast, um, variety of things to be grateful for and an amount of things when you really start and, and stop, I would almost say to look around and realize that you you need to be grateful for everything and and there's just so much to be grateful for um do you ever find that so when i do this sometimes when i when i try to do the the um value chain gratitude i almost get overwhelmed wouldn't be the proper word for it because it's it's um I guess maybe it's it's an overwhelming feel of gratitude and and just abundance of life where I just, I'm shocked with just how much I have, just in, in the sense of living here in America, having clothes, having clean air to breathe, fresh water to drink at just the turn of a tap. Is that something, I guess, how do you deal with the fact that that almost overwhelming feel at times and and not that I would ever want to get rid of the gratitude because to me that's that's some of the best feelings is is that feeling of gratitude but the feeling that because I'm so blessed uh I need to give back more do you do you understand maybe what I'm what I'm trying to ask here uh like with with all the abundance that we have in life um how can one deal with the fact that with all that abundance how how can they give back more well, I think you're in a very special place that a lot of people aren't. I'm not talking about economics. I'm talking about your emotionality because I just talking to you virtually, I feel how grateful you are and to be in a place where you feel so abundant and so grateful that you want to be of service to as many people as possible or to the world is, is an incredible place. If everyone felt like you, Nick, the world would be an incredible place. Human beings, we are neurobiologically hardwired to seek out threats in our environment. As you know, it's called the negativity bias of the human brain. There's also a psychological term that we all suffer from, and that is hedonic adaptation. Hedonic adaptation simply speaks to the phenomenon where we dreamed of having this car, we get the car, and three weeks later, we don't care about it because we've adapted to it. We dream of making a certain amount of money and we reach that money and blow through that amount of money. And we're happy first for the first month until we see someone with more money. We dreamed of a certain house in a certain neighborhood. We move into the house one month later. It's yeah, but I saw someone in the next neighborhood with that's hedonic adaptation. It was a survival mechanism that allowed us to survive because we always wanted more. We saw threats in our environment. We kept on reaching. It's part of what makes us human. It also is a recipe for a lot of suffering. And you have seen to, in many ways, have, have hardwired against it, which is, which is really good. But I'd say 
I'd say there is absolutely nothing wrong and everything right. If you are in a place where you authentically and truly feel such gratitude that you want to give back, that's where, that's where we all want to be. I also think, you know, it brings up the thing where how do you, some people might listening or watching from all your followers might say, well, okay, if I'm always grateful, will I keep on pushing. And you know, I think it, it's a delicate dance between being incredibly grateful and yet still honoring your promise and reaching for more and, and, and trying to be the best version of yourself and, and take your business and your life to a whole new level. I haven't figured out the perfect balance yet. I think I'm a very grateful person, but I also, you know, still a lot more I want to do with my life. Yeah. I, uh, I definitely agree in the sense that I'm I'm that same boat of uh, I I most certainly have not figured it out and I continue to want to do a lot more in my life and and it's that continual search for whether balance is the terminology or not of uh, of wanting to continue to do more and succeed more and give more and uh, and I guess also whether or not you're ever content with enough or whether it's just that continual growth that comes with, um, uh, as you continue to reach further, whether your potential continues to grow every time. And therefore the, the, the better that you get at anything, the more that you can do and the more that you can give and the more that you can become. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's an interesting concept as, as we continue to grow, how that potential grows with us. I think the answer is gratefully achieve. I like that. Now, I like that a lot. Now, you know, there would be some spiritual masters who say, why are you achieving? Achieving is the ego. Life is short. We're all going to end up as dust. You know, I go to Marcus Aurelius meditations where he talks so much about, like I was reading this morning, Nick, and he, he talked about the, the, the tongues of, the tongues of posterity. Why are you living your life in such a way to please the tongues of posterity and pursue immortality? Which makes me think at the end of uh, the Everyday Hero Manifesto, there's a chapter that's very contrarian where I basically say, you know, forget about legacy. Why does legacy matter? Why does having your name on a hospital matter? How does being remembered when you're dead remember uh, matter? You're just going to be a pile of ashes on someone's mantle above their fireplace next to their skating ribbons and little league trophies. All that matters is while you're alive. So the question becomes like the great spiritual masters would say, why are you so interested in achieving this world of hyper achievement? Just be, just enjoy life, enjoy the process. Don't be attached to material things. That's one way of looking at it. Then there's, you know, the rest of us, it's like achieving, get more done, whatever. But sometimes we're, I've, I've mentored many billionaires over the past 26 years. And a lot of billionaires' money is all they have. They, they, they're just, a lot of them are not very happy people because their lives have been so co complicated. And, and I do think the answer lives with achieving success because that brings a lot of self-confidence and it helps us. It introduces us to our primal genius 
right? The very nature of building a business requires us to get to know more of our brilliance and our genius and what we're made of. There's huge value in achievement, but not at the sake, success at the sake of soulfulness and gratitude, I think is a very empty sport. So I think both are important. I would agree with both. And and I find it ironic, um, obviously Marcus Aurelius, like maybe not thinking of this when he would write those uh those statements, but the irony is, is that he obviously became legendary. And, and the reason why we're reading books about him still to this day is because of what he did and, and, and who he became. Um, and it, there is something to be said almost about the fact that I'm a huge believer. I'm so, uh, what I do, Rob, and I'm a, I'm a professional whitewater kayaker and, and, and I'm, you know, out in the outdoors and in the wilderness all the time. And I absolutely love it. And, and very regularly, I, I, I push myself to just live in the moment. Um, but at the same point, I do wonder, you know, whether and how how that balance kind of it comes back to that balance that we continually talk about, but the balance between just living in the moment and also living for the moment in the sense that each moment that we can create it so that it it lives past and beyond maybe past uh, past our death and so that that our life has meaning in the sense that others you know gain something from it and whether that be through giving whether that be through sharing uh, information and knowledge and and there's so many ways that you can go about and, and make your life worthwhile and it it is that kind of balance between why well why would you do that because that's maybe feeding the ego but but also is it doing good in doing so so I I, I don't know I'm, I'm con continually learning and I wouldn't say that I have the answers in any regard but uh but I keep searching and asking the questions well I know what you do I've, I've seen your Instagram and I love I love the videos that you've been posting and I applaud you for everything you're doing it's amazing uh, the way I handle it is I ask myself what's the root intent what's the root intention I think intentions are important if the intention of posting the video writing the book etc if the intention is to stroke the ego, I don't know if it's healthy. If the intention is to be remembered by future generations, so you're a big person, I don't know if it's healthy. If your intention of putting out your magic in the world, doing what you do is to inspire, to honor your potential, to be a great human, to live life fully, then I think it's very healthy. I just, I used to, I wrote a book called Who Will Cry When You Die, uh, you know, 20 years ago. I used to write so much about legacy. Now I don't care about legacy. It, it just doesn't matter. We're going to be food, food for worms. I think the key is to live while you're alive. Take risks, push your magic into the world, inspire other people, make the world a better place by living heroically and honorably and with love and decency and mastery. Do all those things while you're alive doesn't really matter when you're dead. I love that, Robin. And and I think that is such phenomenal advice for everybody to we we all have that magic within us and and I think that each one of us uh at times you have to you have to search for it and you have to look for it deep within yourself. Um, but that we all have something to share and give back to the world and and just your work uh for me anyway has been a huge inspiration. Um and continue, I think you continue to encourage and inspire so many people. Um, what do you hope? Thank you. Well, well, thank you, Robin. Um, what do you hope 
the book will do for people out there? Is is inspiration the purpose of this book? What is what is kind of your hope uh, with this being that you're talking that legacy is kind of less of what you're focused on right now? I, I think the book is is inspiration and it's even more about transformation. There's neuroscience, the neuroscience of greatness in the book. There's philosophy. And some people say, well, you know, thanks for the philosophy, but I'm looking for tools and tactics. Philosophy is important. Philosophy reminds us what's, how, do, how do you live wisely? Philosophy teaches us what the mountaintop looks like. What's the point of climbing the mountain and realizing you've climbed the wrong mountain, you got to the wrong mountaintop? Philosophy married with tools to execute is I think the real key. The Everyday Manifesto has philosophy. It has, as you saw, all those models on uh, elite productivity, on the trinity of radiant vitality, the nine threats to world class, the troll deconstruction. So it's got inspiration, philosophy, neurobiology, and a lot of the information I've taught previously only to billionaires, NBA superstars, et cetera. What do I hope the book will do? I hope the book will be a heavyweight book in a world of a lot of superficiality that people that will give people the inspiration and energy and actually the tools to help them remember the heroic selves that they've forgotten. I think we have an egoic side and I think we have a heroic side. And as you suggested a little while ago, Nick, we are born into the heroism but we are programmed by our early, call them caregivers. We are programmed by school. We are programmed by the media. We are programmed by our peers. We are programmed by the books we read. We are programmed by the influencers we follow. And every day there was a brainwashing and a heart washing process. And it happens so invisibly and incrementally that we reach a point where we forget who we truly are. And we think we're living a nice life in the world or not, but the deepest place within us, which is the place of truth. We all have a place of truth. It's called a conscience says, there's a, there's a betrayal here. I'm not living my finest life. I'm not living my values. I'm not presenting my genius to the world. I hope, and I'm already seeing it because the book has been out for a few months. It's closing the gap where people are starting to remember who they truly were. So they live with more energy, more bravery, more love, more excitement more safety in this world of so much unsafety. I love that. And and again, uh, when I read it, uh, Rob and I definitely felt a lot of that same thing, that, that blend of philosophy of tactics of, um, of tools that we can use every day. And also that, uh, the inspiration and the courage to go out and do it. So again, thank you so very much for writing it. I highly encourage everyone to go out and get a copy of the Everyday Heroes Manifesto. Uh, for anybody who's looking for presents for the holiday season coming up, I again, highly recommend this. Uh, if anybody knows, I'm a huge fan of books um, and I think they're great presents to give. Robin, I'm going to move us on to the next segment of our show and, and something that I do with all of our guests, a couple quick questions that I ask everybody. Um, I call it the fire round, and I'm just going to fire a couple quick questions off at you. Robin, do you have a favorite quote or a current quote that you live by? Uh, my father said when I was growing up, 
He said, Robin, when you were born, you cried while the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way that when you die, the world cries while you rejoice. I love that. I love that. It's amazing. Um, obviously, you're a, a, a phenomenal author and writer, though. Do you have a favorite book or a current book that you might be reading, Robin? Mm, I'm, I'm always surrounded by books. Right now, I'm rereading Fahrenheit 451 by Ray Bradbury, and I'm also reading this incredible book, Anthem by Ayn Rand. And I think another one of my favorite books would be The Prophet by Lebanese poet Khalil Gibran. It's saved my life and inspired me so much. That's amazing. I actually haven't read any of those books, so I'm going to have to put those all on my reading list and uh, get to work. Um, what might be a recent lesson that you may have learned through mistake or through success? Um, well, I make mistakes all the time. I would say, you know, maybe last week I was in a very productive mode. And when I get in a very productive mode, I sort of like, I have blinders on. And it was just a reminder to me, which is, you know, people and relationships are more important than productivity. I try to be a very good family man, but I was just in that sort of fiery state where I just lost a little sight of the importance of slowing it down, having a cup of coffee with someone who needed a conversation that was far more important than me sticking to my schedule. That would be a mistake. I think a, a victory I had was I flew from, I'm flying less than ever before to reduce my carbon footprint, but I was flying from Rome to Toronto and I was in, I get, I get really creative on airplanes and I write a lot on airplanes. Like I always have my mole scanner, my journal, and I'm just writing. And the flight attendant said, Oh, you're writing, you're writing a letter for me. Are you? And she was joking, obviously. And I said, well, no, I'm right. I'm, yeah, I'm writing something for you. And there was the menu card, you know, those menu cards. On the, I posted it on my Instagram. I posted it on my Instagram yesterday. And so I, I posted the menu card and what I did. And I wrote a poem to her. And I wrote a poem to her and the crew because they were just an amazing, amazing crew. And they, they taped the poem in the galley on the flight. And all the crew were, like, were taking pictures of it. And they were coming up to me like in 23 years. I've never seen anything like this. And, and I think that was one instance where I got it right. Because and then I I use a quote that's actually from the Everyday Hero Manifesto and it's a quote from a, a Quaker missionary and to, to paraphrase it because it's so powerful it's I may not come this way again therefore may I not neglect the opportunity to do something kind for another person because I might not have the chance again and I think yeah. that's something for us all which is like if we have a chance to say to someone I love your hat or oh, I did this or whatever. In a world of so much trolling and hatred, if we have a chance to do something, even if it looks silly, let, like, let's do it. I love that. That's, again, amazing. And, and I think just as always, the, the more that we can share simple kindness and love in this world, I think the better the whole world would be. Um, 
and I think it's it's people like you, Robin, that continue to inspire others to do so. So thank you for doing so. Um, Robin, if today was your last day on earth and everything that you've done, all the books that you've read, all the courses, all of your social media, your videos, everything, your podcast, it was all to disappear with you. And all that you could leave was a piece of paper and a pen with three truths, three things that you believe to be true. And this could be for your family, your friends, uh, all of your, your followers, everybody for the future generations. The only thing that you could leave would be three truths. What would those three truths be? Wow, that's an amazing question. The first one would be, <clears throat> first one would be genius is less about genetics and more about our daily habits. Second one would be every day, be a giver, not a taker. Even if you're an entrepreneur, deliver value, amazing rewards show up. Like be monomaniacally focused on being a, an exponential value deliverer in terms of the products, the services, the care that you do push to the world. Third truth would be Life is short, be of service. Wow. You know, I just think service, call it service, call it helpfulness, call it being of use. To lead is to be of use. Use, I stood in Nelson Mandela's prison cell twice over the past number of years. The first time, the guard who was walking me around, or excuse me, the guide knew Nelson Mandela. And I said, what was Nelson Mandela like? And he said, oh, that man was a humble servant to be a humble servant. Yes, it's fine. You know, do nice things for yourself and your family. No sweat. But make it your heartfelt, soulful mission to be of usefulness to as many people as possible while you get to be alive. That is not only good for the world, I think it's the finest formula for happiness and inner peace. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing that with us, Robin. Um, something that I try to do with as many of my guests as possible, and, and again, with all the advice that you shared with us today, uh, something that I try to do is to provide value, to, to be useful, to, to share. So is there anything currently that you're working on or focusing on that I might be able to help you out with or possibly even my listeners? It's, it's a great question. I would just say, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on presenting higher and higher versions of yourself to the world. You're already doing amazing things. But the more you let your light shine, the more you're going to uplift all the people who trust you and who follow you. And you're going to show them what's possible. And if we each do that every day, then the world does get to a better place. Well, thank you for that. And I, I will continue to try to, uh, to shine brighter. Um, for all of those out there listening that would love to hear more from you, to connect more, um, obviously I encourage them all to read your books, but where might else uh, they follow along if they want to connect with you in some sort of way? Uh, the, the starting place is really the Everyday Hero Manifesto. I've just put so much of my methodology and philosophy in that book. 
It's available, you know, everywhere. And it's uh, the audiobook. People are loving it. It's available at, at Audible. I've got a website, robinsharma.com. People can sign up for my mailing list. I try to deliver really strong value on my mailing list. And I'm on Instagram at robinsharma.com. And I have a podcast. Wherever people get podcasts, they can find my podcast. Awesome. Well, there you guys have it. Definitely go out and and follow Robin on uh, on social media. Check out the Everyday Heroes Manifesto. Again, phenomenal book. I think this will be life-changing for many people out there. And, uh, and I just love what you have shared with the world, Robin. I also, um, I just want to uh, I just want to say thank you for for kind of pouring your heart and your personal experiences into this book. Um, again, it's it's such a a heartfelt book that that shares so much of your personal journey as well as just these tactical and philo- philosophical um, thoughts and concepts as well. So it's it's a very unique book, and again, I. I uh, I truly believe that in years to come that many people will will relate this book as a life-changing experience. Final question for you today, Robin, is what is your definition of awesome? It's such a simple reply, but it's it's like honoring your truth. And we could spend another day on it, but it's like don't don't worry about being like your neighbor or people on social media or people on TV. Every, there are no extra people on the planet. There is something that every one of us has that is so special, certain gifts, the ability to love, the ability to do difficult things, the ability to push magic in the world, whether it's being a baker or an astronaut. And the more we stop comparing ourselves to other people and beating ourselves up for what we're not and starting to fall in love with our gifts and our talents, the more we start to uplift everyone around us. But to me, that's being awesome. That is awesome. And that, uh, man, you have, you have truly dropped a whole flurry of knowledge bombs, of wisdom. Uh, this has been a phenomenal conversation, probably my most favorite interview that I've had yet. And I just want to say thank you again for your time. Thank you for writing your books for all of the work out there. And for all of our listeners, um, I highly encourage you guys again, please go read this book. Please uh, let me personally know what you guys think. Let Robin know what you guys think. Leave a rating and review. And for anybody out there who got value, as I'm sure everyone will from this conversation, I, I got a ton of value. Though I encourage you guys, if you did get value, please, if you could share this out with one person, as always, just share it maybe with a friend, with a family member, throw it up on your social media if if you're into that. Um, just share it with someone that you think might need to hear this and hear uh, Robin's message, hear his wisdom. Uh, that would be greatly appreciated by all. And as always, I just want to recognize you again, Robin, for all that you've done for everyone out there. And... I'm Nick Troutman signing off, wishing you all an awesome day. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.